0: Do not lose faith. Do not lose faith. You see, faith is what and how we believe. It is where our trust is invested. You know, in Hebrews 11, 1, we all have heard this many times, that faith is what? The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Let's say that together. Faith is the what? substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So we know faith is where we have invested our trust, our confidence. We don't see it, but we believe. We don't know how exactly God looks, but we are connected to him one way or the other. So faith is what and how we believe. It is where our trust is invested. So Jesus asked a resounding question in Luke chapter 18, verse 1 to 8b. If you read from Luke chapter 18, he tells the story of this judge who had no conscience. And a widow had gone to him to say, look, I, 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 you know, I, I'm, I'm, give me justice against my adversary. And the, <laughs> the, uh, the, the judge would not even listen to her. But because she continued to go back and, 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 you know, request for justice, the Bible says that eventually he gave her justice. Why? He said, if I don't hearken, this woman's continual coming will weary me. The fact that she keeps coming. And then Jesus thrust forth a lesson from that. He said, we should consider this, that wouldn't God avenge those who believe in him? But then he said, when the son of man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Will he find faith on the earth? The story, there is a story of faith. And we are in an age right now where a lot of people are dropping their faith. And not just anybody. These are famous people. People that others look up to are dropping their faith. I want us to go through Luke chapter 18, verse 1 to 8. Do we have it up there? Yes. So let's read that together. Everybody, one day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and what? Never give up there was a judge in a certain city he said who who uh, uh, not he said who neither feared god nor cared about people a widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying give me justice in this dispute with my enemy let's go on the judge ignored her for a while but finally he said to himself i don't fear god or care about people but this woman is driving me crazy i'm going to see that she gets justice because she's wearing me out with her constant requests.' keep going Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people? Who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? Look at what Jesus says. Who cry to him when? Day and night. And then we go on. He says, I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the son of man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? Let's read that together. Everybody wants to go. I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the son of man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? How many will he find? So the question goes to you and me. If Jesus were to show up at our service today, will he find faith? In fact, the one thing that surprised Jesus in the scripture was the faith displayed by an individual. Will he find faith? Will he find faith in you? And we are going to go forth on this and see, will he find faith? Will he find faith in me? Will I have given up? So it's a very resounding question. I want to talk about the Joshua Harris story from the Guardian of July 29, 2019. Uh, About this guy, Joshua Harris. I have his uh, photo there. I don't know. Were we able to put it up? No, yes? No. Okay, we don't have it up. So Joshua Harris, the Guardian reported that uh, the Guardian of UK... Uh, but he's an American, by the way, and uh, The Guardian is read internationally. It's a big newspaper, okay? Very liberal newspaper. It says uh, uh, he's the author of the Christian Relationship Guide. This guy wrote a book titled, I Kiss Dating Goodbye. Something like that. Way back in the, in the day. And uh, he sold over, uh, close to a million copies of his book. And he, he was talking about purity in, in Christian relationships and, and um, you know, sex before marriage and all that stuff. But here's the point. Recently, he said, I have given up on my Christian faith. He said, I am no longer a Christian. Many young people at the time, when he was about 22, 23, when he wrote this book, many young people looked up to him. Some of them are pastors today. Some of them are leaders today. And when he said this, people began to fail all over the place. People began to feel discouraged that, oh, if it happens to Joshua Harris, so there's fear now that how how will I keep my faith? How will I grow? How will I? People are worried about Continuing in the faith because of this individual. Not just him. Uh, Many people have now expressed doubt because of what's happening in the United States, because of what's happening in Europe, because of what's happening in different parts of the world. People have become discouraged. They're like, oh my goodness, you know, I don't really believe there's a God anymore. I don't believe there's God because if there's God, all these things would not happen. Why doesn't he just show up and solve the problem? The frustration of What is going on is causing people to say there is no God. Frustration. Have you heard that somewhere? Is there anybody who have come across people who are so frustrated, they say, I don't believe. I don't believe. So that's what happened with Joshua Harris. And there's a a gentleman who had been a songwriter for Hillsong for many, many years. And suddenly, recently, he... Publicly said he wasn't sure of his faith anymore. That rattled a lot of people. Also, another individual who, uh, well, before that, there was someone who was very high up in Hillsong in the administrative department. She was high up there. Suddenly from nowhere, she said, I've now become an atheist. I don't believe in the existence of God. There was a problem in the church. She was fired. And then she said, I'm now an atheist. And she's been speaking at atheist conferences all over the world. And this, was, this happened a couple of years ago, and I followed the story for a little bit. But here's what I'm saying. Joshua Harris will not be the first, and he will not be the last. People have been dropping out of the faith for years. People have left the faith for years. There are people I know that, I, 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 since I became a pastor, uh, people I've known who are no longer Christians. They are not serving Jesus. Does that mean I should stop because of them? here's the point our faith is not anchored in any human being hallelujah our faith is not anchored in any human being our faith is anchored in jesus christ and let me tell you please if you don't have a personal encounter a personal experience if you don't have your own experience with god you will be tossed very soon we all need our experiences we all need our one-on-one with god because it's the experience you have with god through your belief in christ that keeps you going It's a personal relationship. Somebody say that with me. It's a personal relationship. Relationship. I want to talk about the Martha, Mary, and Lazarus story. Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. And I will go to John chapter 11. John chapter 11. You know, I love to read the scriptures, right? So John chapter 11, my wife told me, please, when you read the scripture, can you read it slowly? You always go so fast. And I said, it's true. I I said, I didn't know. But when I thought about it, I said, yeah, you know what? I didn't need to go. I said it's true. So I'm going to read a little bit slow so that I don't just rush. Uh, John chapter 11, verse 20. How many of you love hearing the scripture being read? Yeah, only one person said amen. I think I heard heard that person. I'm going to buy him coffee. Who's that? (laughs) John 11, verse 20. Let's go. It says, when Martha got word that Jesus was coming. Now, the background of this story, let me just say. You have heard about Lazarus who had died, right? He died and he was put in the tomb for four days. A message had been sent to Jesus before he died that he was sick. And Jesus delayed in coming until after he died. So when he died, Jesus now told the disciples, let's go. Our friend Lazarus is sleeping. Let's go and wake him up. There was some confusion there. They said, well, we don't understand what he's talking about. But it actually meant that he had died. But it was going to wake him up. When they uh, were arriving, now, uh, the the town where they were was a few miles from Jerusalem. When they were arriving, (laughs) Martha left to go and meet Jesus. Mary stayed at home. So let's go and read and see what happened here. In verse 20, the Bible says, when Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. But Mary stayed in the house. Somebody said, Mary stayed in the house. Now, let me give you a background. You know who Mary was? Mary was the person who, in Luke chapter 10, Jesus came to their house for the first time. Martha is the older sister. She owns the house. She was running around, cooking, busy. And Mary sat at Jesus' feet and was listening to everything he was saying, learning. But then it, it got to a point that, she, you know, uh, Martha got very, very uncomfortable. said, look at what's going on. I'm busy running around. She said to the master, I'm busy running around, but look at my sister she's sitting down, not helping me. And Jesus said, well, you know, you're bothered about all these things. She has found something that is valuable and unique and she has sat it before it and she's learning it will not be taken away from her. My goodness, we didn't hear anything anymore until now. The, the person who sat before the Lord learning all the scripture from the king of kings and the lord of lords, sat at home when she heard he was coming. Huh? The person who was busy running around who got a rebuke was the one who ran out to go and meet him. I want you to observe that. How come the person who sat at the feet of Jesus, who was even recommended, Jesus said what she has received will not be taken from her. What happened here? Why was she the one? Was it because she was so sad? We'll look at that later, but let's keep going. (laughs) Okay, in verse 21, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha said, he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. Jesus told her. I am the resurrection and the life. Somebody say amen to that. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never ever die. Shout hallelujah for that one. Do you believe this Martha? Yes, Lord, she told him, I have always believed you are the Messiah. This is the key. She said, I have always believed you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. I ask you today, what kind of belief do you have in Jesus? Is he just a provider, a supplier, a miracle worker, a giver, and you are a getter, 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 not also a giver? Like, who, what do you believe of Jesus? Is he truly the Messiah? Or is he just somebody that, well, you've heard about? So, we go on. He said, then she she returned to Mary. She called Mary aside from the mourners and told her, the teacher is here and wants to see you. Why did she go and call Mary? Mary was with the mourners. They were crying. (laughs) Lazarus is dead. That's four days after, which is okay. But Martha who also must have been among the mourners, heard he was coming and ran to meet him. You see the difference? Belief is a powerful thing. Somewhere along the line, Mary had not lost her connection to Jesus, but she lost her belief because her brother had died. I asked the question, why did Mary sit in the house while Martha went to meet Jesus? Can we examine this? Was it that she became offended? Was it the shame of the cross because they had identified with Jesus and now their friends would say, Oh, look at you. You say you love Jesus, but you're, you know, those people who are mocking the people who are following Jesus. Is that the problem? Was it unbelief? Was it demonic pressure? Was it the love of the world and say, you know what, I now I'm just going to go back and do my thing? Or was it just a huge disappointment? Look, I was hoping that he would come and heal my brother. And now he let my brother die. I'm not taking that. That's what's happening today. There are people who see what's happening in the United States, they see what's happening in the UK, they see the war in Yemen with Saudi Arabia, they see all these things, they don't understand it. They don't ask God to give them an understanding. They don't ask God to give them a peace in their heart. They get offended. They get disappointed. They get angry. And then they bear shame. Not in the right way. The shame of the cross. They don't want to identify with any Christians because uh, the world sees the Christians as the cause of all the problem. Friends, we are not the cause of the problem. The problem is in the heart of man. Hallelujah. The Bible says the heart of man is what? Desperately wicked. Wicked. <laughs> it is isn't the heart of brown people or the heart of black people or the heart of white people. Crimes are committed in every nation of the earth. Gruesome crimes, wicked crimes against humanity. It doesn't matter race. <laughs> what was it about this? She was offended. Many Christians today are so easily offended. In Canada, Christians are so easily offended. When they come to the church, they are looking for something to be offended. Okay, I've arrived at this church. Let me see who will first offend me. Who will be the first? So children's ministry, something goes wrong there. Yes, they're offended. They're the first. They don't want to resolve it at all. Don't talk to me. No, 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 no. Ooh, they pack their bag and their baggage. Boom, they are the next church. As they arrive at the next church, they have now a seed of offense. Everywhere they go, they're looking for offense, looking for offense, disappointment, this and that. This and, that. and they become ineffective or ineffective and useless for the kingdom purpose. And Jesus said, do not be offended in me. Do not be offended in me. Canadians, we are too lily-livered when it comes to the things of God. When it comes to church. Anyway, what's wrong with us? What's our problem? We don't have a war in our backyard. Nobody is coming into your house to kill you and your children. How many people have died by gun death in Winnipeg? You can't be thankful. Just complain, 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 complain. The pastor preached this message. They preached to me. This one happened. I'm leaving this church. I'm going to that church. It's not only in churches of 100 and 200 people. It's happening everywhere. (laughs) Unbelief. They don't even know that Satan has put a target on their back. You call yourself a Christian? Well, the enemy targets you. (laughs) Love of the world. Want to be like the world. And then disappointment. We feel disappointment when things don't go. Friends, I will tell you the secret to overcoming these offenses, the shame that uh, I don't want to be associated with the Christians, the unbelief, the demonic pressure, I'll show it to you. But I must say this, we must not lose faith in God. Does somebody say amen to that? Yeah, uh, oh yeah, oh yeah. See, when when your faith meter is low, the good thing about it, I love what Jesus said. He talked about little faith and small faith. The difference between little faith and small faith is little faith is not useful. He says, Oh, you have little faith. But small faith talks about the quality. Quality little is amount, but small has to do with it has everything. It's just small. Can have a small person, but they have a kidney, they have heart, they have everything. A doll house is a little house, but a small house can be a home, just that is nine hundred square foot, while a big house has two thousand square foot and above. But if you are operating from little faith. You are in trouble. We are in trouble. We need more than little faith. We need the faith of God. We must not lose faith in God. In Luke 8, 18 verse 8, Jesus asked, When the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on the earth? Then in John chapter 11 verse 40, we see something very powerful. As Jesus was talking to uh, 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 Martha, he says, Jesus responded, when Mary eventually goes to Jesus, she was weeping. In verse 33, when Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, wailing. Ever heard about Bob Marley and the wailers? They were wailing with her. A deep anger welled up within him and he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him? He asked them. Where have you put him? They told him, Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept. The people who were standing nearby said, see how much he loved him. But some said, this man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? <laughs> Some people there were saying, look at, look at them. Couldn't he have kept? That's what's happening today. Many people are already offended. God is not moving in the world because of all the wickedness and the problems. Friends, lose faith will become lost faith. Lose faith will become what? Lost faith. Will you declare today with me, I will not lose faith in God? Is there anybody who can make that declaration today? Because what you declare, you know, some people just say, oh, I'm done. I don't know. They put on Facebook these days, you know, when you're not happy about those. You know, Joseph, I don't even know what to say. God, they just put it. 700 friends will read how sad you are, how unhappy you are. And those who don't like you will say, that's it. Good. But they will write you, oh, it's okay. It's okay. But they're going, <laughs> Why don't you find somebody you trust who you can share your pain with and they can pray with you. <laughs> will you declare today, I will not lose faith in God. Why don't you lift up your right hand with me this morning and let's say together, right or left, whichever one you're comfortable with and say with me in the name of Jesus Christ, I will not lose faith in God. Our faith must rest in the power of God, not in human wisdom. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 5, that's what the Bible tells us. Our faith must not rest in human wisdom, but in the power of God. And that's where I want to close today. Because if people have seen the raw power of God, it takes a lot of demons and devils and their own personal will to move them away from God. If people have experienced the move of God, the power of God, complaining and all this. You need the consistent appearance of God in your situations. And that's what Jesus was saying to her. He said, you would see the power of God and you will believe. You would see the power of God and you will believe. He says, whosoever believes in me, he told his disciples earlier, he said, if we get there, you would see the power of God. When we get there, you will see the power of God. (laughs) <laughs> Verse 40. John eleven forty. 40. Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? Say that with me. Didn't I tell you that you will see God's glory if you believe? What is the condition for seeing the glory of God? Belief. And some people say, well, I believe. But there are two kinds of belief. The belief that stays in the heart and does nothing with it. And the belief that is in the heart, but jumps out in action. You say you believe in God, but you have been one year, no going to church, no attending church. You say, yeah, the last time I went, somebody offended me and that's it. Oh, really? But the last time you went to the stadium, there were a group of people drinking behind you. And they were saying all kinds of offensive things. But next time the Bombers were playing, you are back in the stadium. Why is it church the easiest to throw out of the window? is because of unbelief unbelief will make us do what jesus said if the bible says if your brother offends you go to him and make peace with him you will do it friends we have no excuse we have no excuse but to do what the word of god says we have no excuse but to obey the lord friends no matter who is dropping their faith our faith does not rest in human beings our faith rests In God. But we must do something. We must seek to experience God on a day to day basis. Because if we don't, then we push everything aside. We need the experience of God on a day to day basis. So the question is this how do we experience God day to day? How many of you are married here? If you are married, and for three days, your wife or your husband, you just leave the house, no communication how many of you have parents here (laughs) how many of you have uh how many of you know that your parents no matter how old they are they want you to communicate with them do you know one of the most cruel things is not to communicate to your parents not to communicate with family members it can hurt the worst thing you can do is to isolate a human being from other human beings children want communication with their parents we have decided we're just going to take the day off today and come back tomorrow my wife and i and then we changed our minds why we felt that our children wanted to hang out with us our two oldest are heavily invested in sports and sometimes they are away our son has been traveling he he traveled with just one trip before even school began he's all they've been training and i said my goodness you guys ah it's so much you're not even professional and you have to do all this but they're doing all that and we pray with them. We spend time with them. Yesterday, we had communion with them but we're f- at home. But we felt that because they were not at the prayer meeting. So I took communion uh, cups home and we had that together. But I realized one thing, that they long for that fellowship. And we communicate. Can you imagine? One of the best things is just hanging out with family and talking. Would you agree with me? It doesn't cost anything. And that's what the enemy wants to destroy. We must communicate with God. If he's our father, we must talk to him. Friends, practice talking to God. Practice it. Practice it. Good morning, God. It's not a bad thing to say. Good morning, Lord. How are you today? He's always well. But have that simple conversation. (laughs) He's not going to tell you I'm not well. He might tell you what he doesn't like to see. But yeah, have the conversation. And you'll be amazed the power of God will become part of your life. God will begin to put people and things around you. May the Lord bless us today in Jesus' name.